for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Wednesday, April 4th, 2012, episode 29 of Tech of the Androids. TechoftheAndroids.com, of course. Join us once a week as we discuss our favorite Android news and, and devices and whatnot. Uh, this is a makeup episode because we can't seem to get our schedules together. But we're here now, and joining me, we have Jeremy. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? We got Ant Pruitt. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Matt? Ant, back again from yet another tech show, which we will be recording uh, sometime after this. Just putting in work. You know it. I got to do it. That's good. That's good. I like it. Um, you want to start out? <laughs> there was a great video. We watched this guy on uh, Twit the other day. What, what's his name? Lamar Wilson? Lamar Wilson. So, he's, he's self-proclaimed the funniest tech journalist on the internet. Well, you, a, you I said self-proclaim, right? <laughs> a little steep. I don't know. I I I kind of want to like challenge him to a a joke off or something. I don't know. You did I think, say joke off, right? Right, a joke off, <laughs> like where we tell jokes about tech. I I don't know. I feel like there's funny people out there. He is uh, quite amusing though, and we so we saw Instagram finally release its app for android and i don't know like we were we were kind of talking about this before but i feel like it's it's way late because we've we've been using android for a long time and i don't know i never used it because i never had an iphone so i i always found different tools and i've adopted those tools and so when a new one comes out i feel like it can't just be like here's the same old tool, you know? It has to offer something above and beyond what's already out there, even if it's not the Instagram name. And I, and, I think you're, you're giving Instagram too much credit calling it a tool. Well, <sighs> if for iPhone, I mean, isn't it? So many people use it for a quick, here's, here's some quick filters. I don't want to physically have to go in and adjust the sliders to my liking, so I'll just pick these filters. And then post it real quick, right? Does I because I don't think iPhone shares the same way Android does, so maybe they they had a harder time doing that. No, I don't, it doesn't. I don't know. Does it, it doesn't? Not? But it's why do so many people on iOS like it then? Like that app, hipsters like it. Is it just them though? I don't know. Yeah. That's what Lamar said. Okay, well, <laughs> it's it's you know what? Instagram is useless. Nobody needs it. It's okay. a waste of time. It, why is it on every, everybody's... Every time I look at one of those pictures, I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. You know how to put a filter on a photo, and now you think you're artistic. It's like all my friends in college that took photo classes, and they printed all their crap in black and white, and suddenly everything was worth framing. Right. <laughs> you know, just because it's not... I never not, quite understood Instagram. It's... You know, Do you feel like, though, it helps elevate from the basic default BS cell phone picture? Does it give it a little? Or because there's so many of them now, we're just like, oh, cool, they're okay. The first were, few I I'm saw sorry, were neat. Ahead, um, no, no, no. Just the first few I saw were neat. I just, I, it's overplayed. You're over it. Okay. What, Ant? Well, when... When I saw it so many times, I thought that it was going to add something to it, but it's not elevating anything when it's just giving it some type of center filter or black, just the black same and white filter. More Anybody of the same. can do that. Right. You can do that with whatever you know, electronic camera and a computer. You know. It, yeah, Picasso's been doing it that. Add for... anything to it. Yeah. Yeah. It but just everybody's seemed... doing it. And then another thing is shared. I see it all over my Twitter stream, and. I'm like, well, you could have done that through the through the iOS Twitter app. Through picture, anything. I see it, it a lot, too. I see, right on. And that's why I was wondering, because I, know, I don't use it. I didn't know, like, why why so many people used it. Was it one of the first, and so people just kind of kept it, or is there something really useful there? And I guess guess not. Jeremy said it best, hipsters. Hipsters. How do... <laughs> okay, hold on, then. How, do, how the hell do hipsters afford iPhones? 
<laughs> Subsidization. No, no, see, hipsters have money. They just like pretend they they don't. Oh, right. okay. They go to they go to their their trendy retro thrift Trust shops. Funds. Interesting. Buy, you know their their three hundred dollar ugly hats. <laughs> see, we're learning today. This is good. All right. Well, let's move from that. Do we? You want to just start? You want to start a new segment? You want to intro a new segment for the show? Do you want intro a segment for the show? Jeremy, sure. You go. Sure. You know, if we look back over the last few weeks, we we've spent some time kind of talking about the phone of the moment, and so rather than that being something that takes a lot of our time, because the next week, and more than likely by the time somebody downloads and listens to another Android phone of the moment, so we should just be like, bam! Here's the phone of the moment, and maybe if we if one of us wants to disagree or, or, or chime in, you know, we just make it a quick couple minute segment. I like That's it. So phone of the moment. What is it now? Right now, this I, moment. I have no idea. The one X. A lot uh, of people... According to Seth, it is. He wrote something up that's uh, supposed to go up at a new domain.net and, uh, it, it's a it's a nice device. It, I I don't feel like it's really adding anything above and beyond what we already have out there. It does not push boundaries. That's for sure. Which is why I'm I'm glad that I'm in the position I'm in, far as renewing contracts and whatnot. That's coming up fairly soon for me. But nothing is wowing me, you know, far as. Okay, yeah, there's ice cream sandwich out there, but then when you look and see that somebody's going to slap a skin on it. It, it it diminishes it a little bit, and then you got the hardware, but it just doesn't blow you away, you know. So right. What's, what's the point? I feel you like know? the jump from the the single core like the Droid X to something with the front facing camera and the dual core like the Galaxy Nexus was the last thing that I was really excited about. And now that I have this phone, I feel like anything else, unless it's adding something above and beyond that, like maybe it came with some Google glasses or, you know, something cool like that. I don't I don't feel like I need to to get it. I feel like this phone is more than enough for everything I'm doing and uh, yeah, I don't know. What what can yeah, I'm gonna be done? I'm going to try to ride this thing out until the end of the year, and I mean it's an old OG droid, but it's it's working. So I'm just going to try to ride it out. I what, thought you had a Droid X. Yeah, yeah, Droid X. Sorry, OG Droid X. Yeah, not, not the Droid, droid not the Droid I, X. I know the listeners aren't uh, aren't aren't catching the video, but this is the OG Droid. This is my 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 podcast player. I had one of those also. <laughs> this is the Droid wow. X. You know, this is my phone. That's what I use day to day. There's nothing wrong with it. It works great. That's, I, I, find that, I find that really interesting that a bunch of us have Droid Xs, but none of us have the X2. Like, we were like, you took away the camera button. No. <laughs> or, you know, something else they did with it. That it's just Man, I thought that was so asinine because I figured they would have put a, a, a front-facing camera on it because if you look at the Droid X, it has the room for it. Oh, for if sure. If you look up near those LED areas, there, there's a slot open for a front-facing camera right there. Maybe not on the inside, though. There might be you something. Know. I don't know. Maybe there is room in there. Oh, cool. those engineers could have figured that out. Oh, for if sure. I'm smart enough to figure it out. I know they are, right? But when oh, that was decided. when that was manufactured, though, back in, the, <laughs> you know, what was it? it a couple years ago now, right? The yeah. phone's been around for a minute. That I don't think the front-facing camera was a very big, big deal back nah, then. Nah, it wasn't. Nah. And then it started, and there was no use for it. You know, there we didn't have any. This was before all of that. Now we have Hangouts, yeah. and you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. But they were just trying to make the phone harder to use for hipsters, so they wouldn't buy it. They were trying to keep the hipsters over on the iPhone side. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, I use that camera button for the camera, but more so in car dock mode to turn the car or to turn the phone on real quick, and then hit play and pause when I'm in and out of my truck. Like that button was perfect right there for that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Um. Let's talk about some market share. We have. This just came out saying that I don't know it, how it depends how you I guess tabulate these numbers and you can always cherry pick you know from statistics to make it say whatever you want but this from a February 2012 Comscore says that U.S. smartphone subscriber share this says that Android now has 50.1 percent of the market is I don't know is 50.1 like is that it's not exactly a blowout but it's it's getting up there. You you know what you know I'm gonna cry bunk on these numbers. Okay. 
two reasons. One, 3.9% of the people do not have Windows Phone. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right uh, there. No way in hell. Two, 0.9% are running other. What is other? What is other? If it's not Android, iOS, BlackBerry, Windows, or Symbian, what other smartphone platform is there? And you know what? I Maybe 3.9% if you count all the Windows phones, like the old Windows Mobile, like 5.0s, or even before that, the C. Because there's a bunch of that stuff around still. I have a 6. I went, yeah, 6.1, I think, device. And But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anybody running that should just give it up and get a don't get a feature phone. Well, yeah, I'm not using it. It's it's collecting dust. I'm just saying I have right. it, and that would be counted in that number. Or these activated devices currently. Let me see. It says seriously. What is that other point nine percent? Is it a, the I mean, Pentax and Casios and stuff like that? WebOS would be in there, but there's no way one out of every hundred people has a WebOS device. No, no way. No way. And it says these numbers only take phones into consideration, so there's no iPads, no playbooks being counted. So, but yeah, it doesn't say like are they activations or just how many devices were shipped or how many devices are people currently using. I don't. Who knows? It could be anything. It could be all of them. But interesting. It's something. I mean, there are a lot okay, of answers. So it's it's Comscore and Comscore. <clears throat> Comscore data comes from uh, internet traffic, okay. so it's not based on activations. It's based on your user agent server, sir. Yeah, which can so, be changed. So, uh, so that yeah, I can I can see that. So what it could mean is that um, Windows users love their phones and <laughs> use them a lot more. And oh, sure. So it, yeah. it, what it should say is that Android now has up to fifty percent market share. Well, what it says is Android comprises 50% of mobile browser market share. Re- requests, or, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, I can see that. I, 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 added, I wrote a piece on, um, this goes back a couple months, of why, why Apple really should build or buy a search engine, and I had to dig into these numbers really heavy, so I got to know this stuff way more intimately than I wanted to. Hmm. That's interesting. What do you think of, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but there's more more news about Android as a desktop OS. This one is specifically talking about the Motorola WebTop 3.0, which, man, when this first came out, I got to say, like, I was really intrigued by this idea of just having your phone and then having like different shells or that you could put it in and it would turn it into different things like maybe you had one in your car that it it powered this screen that was your nav or your hud or whatever you have one at work or at home that's like your laptop or that's your entertainment system you know like different different shells that you would you would access and i don't know i i don't think they got it right the first couple tries but this looks pretty cool and it's it's getting better um, have you messed with any of these, Ant? I have not, but it look. It, I agree with you. It does look cool because I I'm a Linux user, so it really got my my interest when I first saw it. But I thought on a bigger scale, you know, look at those laptop docks that are out there. How many of those are really being sold, and how many of them are actually being used? Um, I think I know two people with one. Yeah, honestly, and, I don't know anybody here, but and I, I'm a different use case than where you're at. But yeah, it yeah. I don't know anybody I, with one. I think I know two people with one of them, and the one person is a power user, quote unquote, okay. and he barely uses it. The other person, she's just you know just this. Oh, I think it'd be cool, and, and she <laughs> got it and was like. Sure. What is this for? This isn't Word. This, this isn't Excel. You know, oh yeah, it, yeah. It was really weird, and it, it, it's not for everybody. But then when I saw those different videos out there for the OS, um, you know, being on the desktop computer, like I said, it really looked like my Ubuntu that I run. But again, I just don't think it's going to be for everybody, and I don't know how well it'll catch on. You know, the geek community will love it um, because of the portability, but. 
It's getting uh, better. I think it's iterative. It it needs to continue to, you know, evolve into what people will say, you know, can it do this? And they're like, well, not yet, but next iteration it will. Um, this one more well, specific. Well, so do you think it would be similar to how, you know, when Android came along with Donut and Eclair, it didn't really start to get quote-unquote right until Gingerbread, it, you know? Yeah, yeah. One six was terrible. I mean, it was useful. It was better than my Windows, you know, five phone, which I went to to the Droid, the original Droid. But yeah, yeah. what what we have now on the Galaxy Nexus compared to what the Droid Eris first like, it's way better. Oh, and the not Aris. just right. Like I still know people that use those. You know, one of them she finally upgraded to that Play, the one with the little controllers in it. And then, um, yeah. yeah, but people still use those, which is funny. But I mean, even hardware and the and the software, like they've both come a long way since since back then. But this one, uh, yeah. more specifically, is the Droid the Droid Razor software update that's coming. I don't know if if people have gotten it yet. Um, it it adds the the new web top software and basically it turns it into a full 4.0 tablet UI when it's docked to a bigger display, and that's cool too for like. I, I find I find that the even the prime like when you have it HDMI into a really big screen it doesn't it doesn't quite seem to scale properly like it something will get cut off at the bottom and like when it plays movies and that stuff is perfect but like just your desktop like you can tell it's not really uh, designed for that size of a screen so it's good to see that they're they're fixing this. Does it become pixelated or something? No, not at all. It just you miss that bottom. Like, um, when you have it on the, that bottom row, you're almost missing it, which I mean, maybe that makes sense because you're not touching the TV screen. So maybe you don't need to Uh see that up there. So yeah, maybe that's, I I never thought of that, but yeah, it, it doesn't look right. Like it looks off, you know, but yeah, everything else like games play perfectly and all that. So it's, it's good that, that they're making it more, the scale a lot better over the HDMI, especially for having if you want to use something like this for your everyday computer on a bigger screen it'll be much more usable jeremy i i just i think this is awesome i mean Isn't it what great? you were describing is is my dream the notion that i can have one doohickey one phone and i can plug it into all my different devices my car my television my a laptop dock a, you know a whatever and and have access to all my stuff with a slightly different interface and yeah and, you're the and, you're the king of the uh, what what I what what did you call that there was a good name for that on that one episode we got some good comments about just using one device that does everything it's you know it's the core of your digital life I don't remember what I called it but Here, just it. that 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 can be tied in with the the thing that that's holding it back it's it's not I don't think it's so much the implementation it's the the knowledge that you're going to dump the money into these peripherals because that's really what they are. Oh, your minimalist. And fan- not- it's your minimalist fantasy. That's what we called it. <laughs> is that but, what we called it? Yeah, but that that, that is. You, you want one one device that you can use for everything, and it's basically right. your your power. That that's where it right. all. Yeah, that's so. Let let's say I I go out and at the current prices, you know, let's let's imagine they had a fancy car interface and all this other crap you know i'd probably tr- plunk down two thousand twenty five hundred dollars for all these things and then two versions later they'd all be worthless because they, they're not going to standardize right but if you can get something at a processor that's enough to power the future in essence you you have that and that stays the same and your connectivity right. there you know stays but you know your what you can do with it changes based on the the accessories Right. That's and then, don't get me wrong. I agree with Jeremy. I would love to have something that would, you know, I can just walk around with one device and boom, it controls this and boom, it controls that. But like I said, I just worry about the use case for the masses because if the masses aren't following it. Well, they have to make it easy. It has to be yeah, seamless. It, it has for, to for they people have, like they, us. It's not that they have to make it easy. It's that they have to make it compelling. Compelling enough yeah. for people to want to take right the now, initiative. Right now it's not compelling. If you... If you told someone, if you t- told a, a, a standard user, and you know my, my day job, I work with people on on a f- the f- both ends of the spectrum and everything in between in terms of their knowledge and also their need, and a huge portion of the population, if you said, look, you can get a computer that you can take with you anywhere, 
And for $50 a month, you can have all the internet you want. And you, when you bring it home, you can plug it into a keyboard and a monitor. And you can do, you know, you can plug it into your car. And when you want to get a new computer, you just kind of plug in your email address and you can have all your stuff again. They would, they would jump up and down with joy for that. But what is that? It's the way that it's it's not presented right you know it's presented here's a phone and you have to get all these other things that do effectively the same thing but differently you know it's all about that that standardization with the peripherals and creating a you know I, I this is my word it's my word for a year I, a healthy ecosystem that allows you to stay within those boundaries and and not feel like you're risking your money in investing in these peripherals what does that do for your security model, though, if you're relying on all of your stuff to be hooked to that one email address? And and I know we use multi-factor authentication. We, we have them locked down pretty well, but it's not foolproof. And a lot of people, if we're talking about the masses, they're not using two-factor authentication. All the businesses I and no. lawyer offices I go into day-to-day delivering, like none of them are using any of that stuff. And they're all downloading apps on Facebook, on work computers. Like no one cares about this stuff. But the more it gets to be all in one place, I think that it becomes a really big target. And that kind of takes us to our next piece about the five security threats you didn't know about. We knew about. You know about. But the masses, again, they this is things they don't think about. They don't know about. Even how popularized was Carrier IQ for a while in the news? And I bet still most people that use Android have no clue what it is. And and same with the with the iOS. It's interesting. So we have uh, SMS Trojans. Did you know about those? What do you know about those? Yeah, this is like those old uh, offshore dialing scams. Right back in the back in the eighties, you know. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's not awesome, but it's awesome in a way. It's like an automated pyramid scheme. I love it. It's well, it's so it's, terrible. it's simple. You know, there's there's something to be said for the simplicity. It's it's, it's elegant. I mean, simplistic. as wrong as it is, there's there's an elegance to it that I can appreciate. Exactly. Uh, and then, of course, number two is Carrier IQ. Um, we all know what that was. Drink number three: preloaded apps. <laughs> I like how they consider this. Like, you know, all that crap Verizon put on your phone. Yeah, that's malware, basically. That's so awesome. I, I, I enjoy that because, man, I can't get that stuff off fast enough. You can't. And some people don't <laughs> ever. You can't ever get it off there. You stare at Madden 2010 or 2011, depending on your phone. You can't oh, get rid of or it. Or Blockbuster. Or Blockbuster. I love that. That like <laughs> All of ours went out of business, and they're kind of not doing so hot. And they're like, hey, we'll cut yeah, a deal with you. Here. We'll save your life. It's cool. Yeah, it's the same here, but man, I couldn't get that thing rooted and and stuff pulled off of there fast enough. Well, speaking of rooted, do you find that opens up more attack vectors through number four? And this is one I haven't heard of. Are there really fake Google Play stores out there? I had no idea this existed. I've never heard of such, but yeah, I mean, we all know that there's other places to download apps. That's why well, we have not, the whole not that of though. side loading and stuff. But I've never seen anybody perpetrate to be Google. You know, now that's 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 bad. That's got yeah, cojones, that's right? <laughs> you think that? <laughs> you know get, how many lawyers Google has? <laughs> that get pulled immediately, though, right? Like you have to think that. <laughs> Another Google Play Store? What? <laughs> but this Man. is basically the way to fight uh, this threat is to just be smart. Don't attempt to install the Google Play app on your own by downloading it. That's where they get you. You download right. it from some random site, and it's like, well, okay. Instead, follow the usual you know, procedures to update. But I give them credit, though, because you look at the way the Android... Um, uh, market share is there's so many $50 phones there's so many free right. phones you know how many aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas got those phones that have no idea and 
well, so and so told me I need to go get this app, and and we know, talked about that. There's no telling. We talked about that a few episodes ago that with the yeah. connectivity these phones are constantly online, how many of them are basically zombie botnets now, you know, just soaking up yeah. LTE bandwidth, and these people have no idea. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily stealing your information, but using that dual-core processor all your phone has to, you know, send out b- packet bombs or whatever yeah. you're doing, you know, it. It's doable, and it's connected all the time. It's on all the time, more so than I'd say a, a lot of that generation leaves their PCs on. You know, like people like my I, grandfather, they turn that stuff off because they, you know, they're not used to just letting them run. But I don't know. You know, one of the yeah. one of the most effective things that that we could do is is to get the carriers to actually use some of their packet sniffing for good. Uh, we've got <laughs> yeah. a, we've got a local ISP in the area that if you're if a computer at your node, whether it's, you know, they do DSL and T1 and dial-up, anybody on your account, any if there's a computer there that gets infected and it starts broadcasting crap, right. they will shut you down. They will just cut you off. They will call you That's and awesome. say you're infected. That's helpful, right? And then offer that should be. And if you need exactly. if you need someone to remove that, we'll put you in touch or maybe we offer those services or whatever. Like... They need to get the ball rolling. Most of these people have no idea that that's even happening. They just think their phone is slow because Android right. sucks or because right. uh, their carrier sucks or whatever the case may be. And and so the carriers are in a unique position because they know they they're able to tie the traffic back to the user. But is it and profitable they, for them to do that? Do they care if there's zombie traffic on their network lagging it? It doesn't well, seem that they them, do. They have a hard time managing their bandwidth because we're all using so much of it. So that would be low-hanging fruit, in my opinion, for them to get it back. That's true. Yeah. Plus, if you have yeah. happier customers that know how to use right. their things better, that cuts your costs for tech su- or not tech support, but customer support. It is always better to be proactive. For sure. I'm surprised they haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's like business 101, isn't it? Entrepreneurs don't have that problem. Corporations do. That's a good, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Verizon, you you are welcome to hire me. Yeah, you're welcome. We will podcast educational material for your <laughs> for your masses. And not this. How do you download and, and and install an app from the Android market mess that you were talking the other day? Yeah, that teaching them just enough to be dangerous. That's I think that's huge. And yeah, they they do it all the time. And then uh, as the sad last. Sad as that was, that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny and sad at the same time. We try to make light of of this these dark times we're in. Uh, and then number five is the the Android fake token dot a, whatever. You get a text message from your bank. Your account has been compromised. Tap here to sign in and update your password. Does that sound right to you? Does that sound fishy? Does your bank usually tell you that? Tap here to update my, your... th- my bank doesn't text me. Exactly. Do you know, should you know that? My bank only texts me if I text it first with a certain command, and it'll tell you things about your account, which is really cool, I think. But My, my bank wouldn't know how to text me. What's that? My bank wouldn't know how to text me. They'd call me, and they'd be like, what? <laughs> you mean tell me a shoebox doesn't know how to use a cell phone, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> shoebox? I don't even need that much. I got to... I got an empty, empty deck of cards box over here. That's where I keep my quarters. My cigarette box. <laughs> but I of mean, course, for that to be number five on the list, it's, it's scary to to think they that were scraping, are still falling for that. Stuff, and you know what, you know? though, be, out of all of them, this is the one that I think would fool most people because it's social engineering, and they make the site look legit. Like they they go to a bit of work to you know clone these like a Wells Fargo or a Chase or whatever. Yeah, and so you get that see, older generation. They don't know. They're like, oh, my God, this has been compromised. I better do this. And they do. And then there, there you go. But, Matt, had we been talking about seeing this on a desktop interface versus a mobile interface, you know, I could see it more. You know, but. Why is that? You get that message, it, because emails are so pretty. You know? oh, okay. Um, it's the, and just uh, like you said, people are faking these sites. I can remember about three, four years ago, right at the um, Christmas holiday time, I got a message in one of my dummy accounts from, quote-unquote, PayPal. Yeah. And that thing was beautiful. It was beautiful, and I knew it was a fake. 
So I just took some screenshots and stuff to try to, you know, educate some of my friends. That's all you but, can do, you know. But then when you look at it and say, all right, what if this was to happen on the cell phone as an MMS of some sort? You know, it, it's, right. it seems a, a lot more far-fetched there versus seeing it in a desktop. Well, and then they go on to say never never tap a link contained in an email or text message, no matter how legit it looks. Instead, open your browser, go to your financial institution directly and, and make sure. And, I mean, if you're really paranoid, there's ways to make, like, uh, like a Linux boot disk that's something that's non-writable so that you know every time you load yeah. this thing, there's no... I mean, there's, there's a ton of ways to really securely online bank. I mean, as secure as one can, can be, but... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, do you want to talk about Google Glasses a, a little bit? I I mainly want to talk about some of these um the slash dot comments here. I think some some people brought up really interesting points that if if these get widely adopted and a lot of people a lot of us, the majority of us even at one point or, or another start to wear them almost daily. I think, and they said this, that that the brain will get conditioned to having this extra signal of information coming into it. And so when you take them off after, like, say, a week of wearing them or something, you're going to be all weird and disoriented. And I kind of, me and Ant were talking earlier before the show, and I I mentioned that it was kind of like in surrogates when Bruce Willis goes outside in his real body and he's all, like, disoriented because he's not used to it. I think that's and that, that was an interesting point. I was kind of curious to hear what you guys thought about it. Like we can train our brains to get so used to having all this extra stuff overlaid on reality that it becomes reality to our brains. And so when you take it away, wow. Absolutely. You know, there are some incredible upsides to to something like this and and just on the off chance that any of the listeners haven't you know, keyed into what we're talking about. Google goggles being a kind of an eyewear. Well, hold some... on now. We got a Google goggles. We, we can't t- say goggles. Yeah, right? no. Google goggles is the app. Google glasses is the hardware okay. glasses that was Thank just you. announced on the, You're right. today. So You're right. So the that whole setup there, um, the upside. The upside is that, you, you know, you're able to contextualize a lot about what's going on in your life. And, and there's... You know, there's a video that's been kind of circulating around the web, and it, it does a really nice job of of highlighting some of the use cases. You know, um, I'm walking down the street, and you know, where's so and so, or how do I get to such and such? You know, it becomes a personal uh, navigation device and gives you a nice new um, interface to Android and some of the the features there. But at the same time, I mean, it's not just the um, the impact on the brain and, and relinquishing some control of your mental capabilities. But it, it's it's also the the fact that there are some things we should have to figure out and, and realize rather than just be given the answer instantly. It becomes <laughs> a very sterile world when when I know exactly where all of my friends are all the time whether or not they want me to know in that moment. And what does that do to privacy then? Do you not want people looking at you? Do you not? I mean, that that opens up, I feel, a whole another mess of complaints of, you know. Well, it the, would, you know. I mean, Don't look at my building. At with, those, with somebody looking at you with those devices and your profile is quote-unquote unprotected, that's your bad, sure. But what's you know? to say that I can't hack a set of these to tap into all the private pro? I mean, there's there's a lot oh, of man, ifs and ands, yeah. and you know, there's certainly the privacy aspect. But what I think is is much more concerning is that let's say you know, Matt, you and I are Facebook friends, right? You know, and yeah. and and I follow you on Twitter and a bunch of other places. But let's say you know, I mean. We don't live nearby. Let's say that we did. And let's say that, you know, on a particular night, you wanted some some personal time, time hanging out with your girlfriend, whatever. But I was bored. I was like, I want to go hang out with Matt. <laughs> and I can pop on my goggles, and I know where you are. I know what you're doing. And, and I'm sure that, that these glasses are going to have features so I can, you know, maybe even see what you're seeing and all. 
kinds of when I feel like we're like there part way with certain apps like latitude I'm friends with a few people here so they know where I'm at and when I'm checking in places right. and so I mean we have the applications what we never had was that that easy way to to have it viewed or or even if you can interact with it in some way that way right so so you know let's let's take a couple steps forward with this and you know if if I want to hang out with you now I mean yeah I've got to look you up and everything Maybe I track you down, but this just makes it even easier. It 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 completely dissolves barriers, and we as a society are not ready to handle that yet. Yeah, does it make us a give us a little more idiocy in our lives? I mean, let's let's ask yourself a question. Do you know your best friend's phone number? My phone does. Or, or do, right. <laughs> How many know, people know phone numbers? I know now? my mom's phone number. I know my grandfather's phone number. And that's because you grew up with those exactly. prior to the cell phone Exactly. Age. And that's, you know. honestly, now that I think about it, those are the only two numbers. I know my work number, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that's that's weird. I couldn't tell you my girlfriend's number. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it's in my phone. My <laughs> phone knows. I could Google it real quick and tell you, but yeah, not. I mean, that's a little bit of, that's, of idiocy on our yeah. on our nature now. But then you add this, honey. This, that's my bad. I'm Google's sorry. Glasses to us now, and all of this information is just thrown at us all of all of a sudden. And and you take those glasses off, you don't know anything that's simple like that. You know how to get to the next convenience store to fill up on your your gas. Oh crap! It's only what five miles away you know and, and it's pretty pretty it, interesting it takes us about it, a little deeper. it pushes <laughs> us further away from the whole survival of a fittest and more into yeah. the nanny like oh did you run out of gas oh here let me put a little yellow path that'll take you right <laughs> to a gas station you know and i think this comment on a slash dot sums it up beautifully it says i thought bluetooth headsets enabled people to be oblivious a-holes but wait till this gets in the hands of the masses <laughs> I think that like that's that was perfect. Beautiful, right? <laughs> you know, everything I said, I will take back if I can get it as a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> if I can have a monocle that tells me all this crap. And then a I, oh god. And then a mustache that you could twirl when you found out everything you wanted to know. A mustache, right. Jeremy, and, I, and I would get a I would get a hairless cat. And and oh, I would man. just I would rent myself out as you know Doctor Evil. That happens. So, I want photos of that man. <laughs> I want to be on the evil awesome. team. So awesome. I I was a big fan of Ray Kurzweil's uh, "When Computers Exceed Human Intelligence: The Age of Spiritual Machines" book, and in here he has um, a timeline of kind of his predictions for the future, and I was always really blown away by. What he predicted in in t- mainly 2029, but it starts in 2019, and then of course 2099, which is just completely mind blowing. If you haven't read this book, I don't know if you're interested in that kind of stuff. It's really interesting what he. And if you don't know, he's like this futurist. Didn't he start? Um, what was that company? Not Dragon, but he started. He kind of pioneered all of what we now know as like voice recognition. His wasn't his tech the very first in that area. I'd have to look it up. I don't know. Let me but, look on Wikipedia. Okay. So um, he kind of, in 09, it says we basically, uh, a $1,000 personal computer can perform about a trillion calculations a second. Computers are embedded in clothing and jewelry. Most routine business transactions take place between a human and a virtual personality. Translating telephones are commonly used. Human musicians routinely jam with cybernetic musicians. Uh, the Neolithite movement is growing. And then in 2019, a $1,000 computing device is now equal to the computational ability of the human brain, approximately. Uh, computers are now largely invisible and embedded everywhere. Three-dimensional virtual reality displays embedded in glasses and contact lenses provide the primary interface for communication with other persons, the web, and virtual reality. Most interaction with computing is through gestures and two-way natural language spoken communication. Realistic, all-encompassing visual, auditory, and tactile environments enable people to do virtually anything with anybody, regardless of physical proximity. 
people are beginning to have relationships with automated personalities as companions. Yeah, okay, Ray. Okay. So, but you kind of get the idea. Like, some of these things we have seen, some of them maybe not so much, but... And then you jump to 2029. A $1,000 unit of computation has the computing capacity of approximately 1,000 human brains. Direct neural pathways have been perfected for high bandwidth connection to the brain. A range of neural implants is becoming available to enhance visual and auditory perception and interpretation, memory, and reasoning. Computers have read all available or have <laughs> read all read all available human <laughs> awesome words and machine generated literature and multimedia material. There's growing discussion about the legal rights of computers and what constitutes being human. Anyway, the whole interface idea, like that's this is the first, right? This is that step. I mean, all of that sounds like it's 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 already happened or it's saying that we're clearly on that way, on that path. But what I'm saying, this is the first actual piece of hardware that I've seen that's made me think of this book and that prediction. Yeah. And who was that again? Ray Kurzweil. K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L. I don't read, so I wouldn't know, but that Did does you find his wiki, Jeremy? Interesting. Jeremy? What's that? Did Sorry? you find his wiki? Yeah. Yeah, he was really big into uh, optical character recognition and, and right. technologies for the blind. And actually, in 99, President Clinton gave him the National Medal of Technology. Yeah. What was the company, which, though? It wasn't Dragon, or was um, it? No, it, it, I'm not catching anything in here. That's it was Nuance. Heard of. Nuance? I don't think so. Nuance was the other Dragon he, competitor. He, he did some speech recognition stuff, but I'm right. not I seeing one of those... that he, he's... It it doesn't seem like he was so much commercial as, um, you know, pioneering the technologies and developing algorithms and stuff like that. I see Kurzweil music systems and and stuff like that. Oh, here, two. Uh, he started a company, and then two years later, after he started it, he sold it. That went bankrupt, became subsidiary of Xerox, formerly known as Scansoft, and now Nuance Communications. So that, that's what okay. I was saying. Anyway, so he got, he got absorbed in. Okay. That and then uh, Kurzweil Music Systems, he, he did stuff with Stevie Wonder. Like, he, he's done a lot of interesting things. I, I mainly know him from the books he wrote. This one and the, uh, the Singularity is near. Pretty mind-blowing stuff if you can actually sit down and read them. In 2001, the Singularity is near. Matt, what, what's the name of that book? Is this one I was, I was just reading from is The Age of Spiritual Machines, When um, Computers Exceed Human Intelligence. In 2001, uh, the band Our Lady Peace released an album titled Spiritual Machines based on that book. Oh, wow. I might even have that album. I have to go look. Is that a singularity? That's kind of cool, though. It's a synchronicity. Anyway, do uh, you want to talk about Google's opening up a store, aren't they? This is crazy. Didn't they already open a store? But like a, it wasn't it gonna? Aren't they gonna open a brick and mortar tablet store? I don't know. Everybody's been say, saying that. People have been saying that about Amazon for a year or two now. Isn't Jason that Calicanis completely said that like two years ago? And you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens, especially if Best Buy folds. Yeah, that's true. What if they just bought Best Buy? I could see Amazon doing it before I can see Google doing really? it. Really? See, I, I'm the opposite because Amazon, that's kind of opposite to what their business model is. I can't see them pivoting against what they're trying. I mean, I guess you could corner both that way, but that that doesn't seem, I don't know. I, I don't see that happening, but maybe. Well, I mean, it, it's Google hasn't always been about retail, though, you know, but that was Amazon's, you know, when they were born, that was it. But all they have to do is hire, like, five good, solid people to run that, and there you go. Yeah. They could have but, some... But if you, if you look at Google since um, Larry took over as CEO, they've definitely constricted in what they're working on. A lot more focus, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see a Larry Page Google opening a retail store. I could see them doing something temporarily... I could definitely see them partnering with other retailers, but I don't see them jumping in and building stores or signing long-term leases. And for the tablet thing, they're just, what, going to just try to sell it online again like they did with the original Nexus phone? I don't even see them doing that. That was kind of a flop. Well, it, it's being reported that they're going to sell Android tablets directly to consumers via an online store. So, 
But yeah, who, I bet, who knows? I bet they'll give the option, but I bet it won't be exclusive. Okay. Because tablets, gonna, it, I feel like they could do tablets a little more freely because they're not locked down with a carrier. You do just a Wi-Fi only tablet. Most most of your phones can be can a- operate as Wi-Fi hotspots. So there's your connectivity right there. And I feel like they could do a lot more with that. They could subsidize their own. They could do what Amazon did with the subsidized Kindle and drop the price a little bit, throw a couple ads in there, and there you go. I'm hoping they do that. Right? I mean, that model worked for the Kindle Fire uh, way better than any of these professional analysts. Well, I'm not even talking about the Fire. Wasn't, wasn't there a cheaper Kindle, that just a regular Kindle, that had ads on it for a cheaper price if you wanted? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not that much oh, of a yeah. difference. It's like 25 oh. 30 bucks. Right, right. But, but what, what's interesting, if we look at the, the rumored specs, we're looking at a 7-inch tablet, we're looking at 199 What tablet does that sound like to you? Sounds like the Kindle the Fire. fire. Right? right. So what we're going to see is, is a bit of a, a sort of an arms race, a tablet race. And Amazon's going to come out with the next version of their Kindle. They're going to drop the price $25 to $50. And, and we're going to see this march towards a free tablet, which is what exact this is exactly what a lot of analysts, um, pundits, myself included, were predicting would be the eventuality of the Kindle Fire would be a free tablet. You get a Amazon Prime subscription, right, for seventy nine bucks a year. Boom, here. Have and they a could easily do that, right? Right, and and we're gonna see that. You know, I mean, we always see that the price of things goes down over time, and of course, and if it, if it costs two hundred dollars for Amazon to build a Kindle mm-hmm. and they sell it to you for two hundred dollars, obviously they're not doing it to make money on the Kindle, so they're gonna look for any and every way possible to squeak money out of that so they can sell it to you cheaper so more people will buy them. I like some of the headlines that came out that were like, Google's so freaked out about the iPad and lousy Android sales, it's opening an online tablet store. Uh." (laughs) Do you think there's any truth to that? Like, (laughs) Who the hell's... uh, Jesus. Henry Blodgett, he should know better. (laughs) That That is link bait if I ever saw it. Oh my god. It works though. Sometimes. I feel like Henry Blodgett. Henry Blodgett walks the fine line sometimes of classy link bait, and then maybe not so much once in a while. But this is not so much. This is kind of tacky. You know, it happens. So, I think it'll be interesting to see what I, I want to see Google make something like the Kindle Fire, but just like quad core, like two gigs of RAM. You know, just like totally make it just this powerhouse tablet that's just like fifty bucks. You know. Just to get them out there and then be like, here's our Play Store and here's, you know, this and that. Jeremy, would you would you buy into that model of of Amazon just making it all right, you, you get the subscription, we give you the hardware. You would you buy into that? I, I probably would. I would um, and then I'd root it. depends on what the parameters were. Right. Um, <laughs> but the but the the big thing that I I'm very conscious of that I think a lot of analysts forget is that I am not a typical user. Yeah. I And, and I, I remember very clearly what it's like to be a typical user because I work with them so often every day. Right. And I see what people respond to. And people responded to the Kindle Fire. People that would never have bought a tablet bought a Kindle Fire. People yeah. that would never shell out even for a $400 iPad bought a Kindle Fire and got them for Christmas last year and loved them. And right. the more you can squeeze that price down, the more people are going to buy them. And all the people in the in the tech industry, I feel like that got them were like, meh. I mean, some yeah, of them I, like. The people that I know with the Kindle Fire, um, they think they're just such the coolest tablets out there. Um, and it, it just blows their mind. And then you hand them an iPad or you hand them you know, even a Prime or what have you. And then they're like, oh, this is what a tablet's supposed to be like. You know, right. They have no idea of what a tablet capability is because of the way the um, Kindle Fire is so locked down. And, and you know, because people had asked me before, and I would tell them, no, nah, I, I didn't really like it. It's a little slow, you know, and a little bloated. And what do you mean by that? And they go ahead and get it anyway and, and brag and happy and, you know, <clears throat> just spending money left and right. Amazon is just loving it. 
you know, and then you say, well, here, take a look at this this one, this device, you know, even an Acer. Well, I feel like, know? too, it, know, <laughs> it depends what they started with. Like, if yeah. you started with I, an iPad and went to a Fire, you'd be like, uh, nah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, maybe if you yeah. started with a Zoom and went to a Prime, you'd be like, yeah, this is, now this is what I'm talking about. Or, you know, they, I mean, it, it all depends. And see, what I'm saying is with that, with the Kindle Fire, is it the same premise of the way the um, cell phone carriers are, are pretty much giving these guys up with uh, the $50 Android phone or the free Android phone. It doesn't have all of the hardware to it, but people are um, still clamoring for those things. Oh, it's Android. It's Android. And you, me and you would pick it up, and we're like, man, we need to overclock this thing. You know? <laughs> you know, I, whenever it's technology, I tend to draw parallels with the automotive industry. So where, where are the parallels here? If we look at a Kindle Fire and we look at an iPad, so the, the iPad costs twice as much, two and a half times as much. All right, so let's say you take somebody that's driving a Ford Taurus and then you drop them into a Corvette. They're going to go, oh, wow, this is a much better driving experience. But it's not uh-huh. just about the experience in using it. It's about the overall um, ownership of the device. It's the era of, yes. How much does it, how long does it last? How does it work with the rest of the, here's my word again, the ecosystem. (laughs) And what other people think about it, right? When people see you in a Corvette, there's a certain, you know, (laughs) I'll leave it there. But But if if I'm driving an Accord that I paid 20 grand for versus the Corvette that I paid 40 grand for or more, you know, going, you can't really compare those fairly. We're going to assume you haven't gotten your midlife crisis yet if you're in the Accord. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Assuming it. <laughs> it's interesting, though, to look at, at how it all... People people buy it just so I can sit on the subway and and you, not me, but you can see the Apple logo and think that I'm awesome. Like and it's, people do that. Like that's they buy it solely based on you know what other people will think of them when they see them using it, and that's weird to me. That's society, though, unfortunately. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, before we do app picks, are there any other pieces you want to talk about? Speaking of the prime, uh, we got a copy of Clockwork Mod Touch which is kind of cool. So if you guys don't know what that is, if you uh, reboot into, if you want to flash a custom ROM or do any like recovery stuff, this is the app you use. And they just now redid the interface so that it's touch. Before you had to use your volume rocker buttons and maybe your camera button or your home button. Uh, On the Nexus, it's the volume buttons. But this is all touch interface, which is cool. And I think what a lot of that went, what went into that was having to get the right drivers to work with the touch screen because when you're in recovery there's nothing like you are you're running that and that's it there's no you know no drivers no audio no nothing so they had to add that into it but it works pretty good so check that out um i think that's really about it right you guys have anything you wanted to get out real quick and Jeremy? um no all right, app picks. You want to start us off, Jeremy? Sure. So my pick this week is Untapped. Um, <laughs> I like to drink. Hold One on. of my favorite apps. Hold on, that was Ant's pick last really? week, I think. <laughs> was well, it really? That's yes. cool. That's cool. Damn it. Okay, uh, give me a minute then. All right, Ant, you gotta. That's awesome. <laughs> it is mine a good is app called, though, right? Um, mine is called SPC and honestly, I would not have have seen this app if it wasn't for the Amazon App Store doing the free app a day, the free okay. paid app per day. And um this one pulled up. I it's now 4.99 in the um Google Play Store, but it reminds me of like a garage band for um for your your Mac computer or um, or LMMS Linux Music uh, Media Center. Oh, cool! Where it allows you to 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 take different sound bites that they have pre-programmed in and make little musical tracks. You know, it's got your percussion, it's got your sound effects, it's have your it has your voice overlays. It gives you every layer of music 
to to play around with and mix and match and 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 um it's pretty fun you know you start out just with the you know a simple baseline and next thing you know you haven't put that app down for a good 20 minutes <laughs> at least at least that's me anyway but then again I'm a music nerd so. and you got yourself like a full on song yeah. going that's yeah, cool have yourself a nice little track there that's cool I but like um that. like I said it's 4.99 in the Google Play store um I now think it's worth it um Considering the amount of time I've played with it, but it, it's it's pretty nice, pretty nice app. Cool. SPC. All right, Jeremy. Oh, excuse me. So I found another one that I've actually installed in the last week. <laughs> um, you know, everybody hates on on the Sense UI, but a lot of people have complimented the clock widget that comes with it. And so at some point, somebody uh, managed to extract that out and. You can actually download the Sense Android Clock. I think they call it an analog clock, and oh, cool. you know what? it makes a pretty sick widget. Nice. I got a question for you. Sure. Does it have the same scroll effect? Because I love that on the HTC phones. Uh, the way that clock scrolls. You know, I've not played with with a you know an unrooted HTC phone, but what it does allow you to do is you can drop in at the bottom of the clock things like how much RAM you've got free, the temperature of your battery, oh, uh, yeah. battery percentage. It actually, it, it uh, it's a pretty sweet widget. And granted, it takes up half your damn screen, but uh, you throw it <laughs> off to the, <laughs> keep it off, off to one of the, the secondary home screens. And uh, it's, it's totally worth checking out. <laughs> nice. All right. I got just a completely silly app. But I was watching the big, shocking. I was watching the Big Bang Theory, and they had one one episode I was watching. They had this cool whip app, and I found one. I don't know if it's the one that was on the Big Bang Theory, but if if you listen, there you go. Huh? That's right. Very cool. So there you go. It's called Black Whip. Black Whip. <laughs> uh, for just when you need that sound, you know. It, it's handy to have Creepins. around. It's handy to have around. So, I noticed, too, speaking of apps, there is a bunch of updates. Gmail app just got updated for me on the on the Galaxy Nexus, at least. So I don't know if everyone's getting those rolled out. but I had that this afternoon. I haven't seen any differences on it, and I didn't read the, um, the change log on it. Uh, but, yeah, I got that this afternoon. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's... Huh. Android 3.2 users get the Android 4.0 experience. So, and if you're a 2.2 or 2.3 user, you get new labels API for third-party app developers and some performance improvements. And those of us on ICS, I guess we just get whatever. Oh, we get swipe to move between newer and older conversations. Tap your account tax. I feel like we've already had that. Oh, well. So, updated. Cool. <clears throat> there was also the books, playbooks, that got updated, a bunch of Google stuff, so look for that, which is nice. I know Gmail on my Prime has been really, like, just crashing left and right along with the browser, like the default browser, so I just kind of disabled that, but that's how, you have to, that's how you have to deal with it sometimes, you know? You got an app that's just out of hand. You just got to disable it. You say, you know just what? Just shoot it. I'll be back and just put it down. I'm sorry, browser. I'm going to have to put you down. It's terrible. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, we'll be doing these shows. What's the day? Tuesdays? Hopefully. Today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, but we're making up yesterday. So, oh, okay. So we're going to try to do this Tuesday. Hey, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. I, I'm glad you joined us, though, Ant. Well, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to have the invite, man. I really appreciate it. Once yeah, again, and Jeremy. Hey, you're the man. You're the manalist. The manalist. Jeremy, the Android manalist. <laughs> All right, email us show at attackoftheandroids.com. Check out our site attackoftheandroids.com. We're on iTunes. Write us, review us if you would. Um, follow us on Twitter. Check out the Facebook page and Google Plus us. And that's how we're doing these shows. And I think one of these days we're going to start doing them live on there. And that'll be cool. You guys could come in and say, hey, no, that app sucks. Pick this one or whatever. And you can. We had a great comment on a Google Plus 
post about uh do you want to mention that or I feel like we almost should just call some quick attention to it Jeremy are are we are we still live yeah well we're <laughs> recording but yeah I feel like this is a good this is a good time to bring up a comment right at the end of the show I, I enjoy the feedback we get from our our fans I and do our too. friends good times. and our listeners and even if it's negative like this or if maybe you you're not understanding how something works you know we're happy to help explain that so sure i'll just leave it sure. there but thanks for listening guys and we'll catch you next tuesday goodbye <laughs>